0: This work in progress is released under a Creative Commons license. The following Still Ripples podcast is dedicated to all those living in confusion, who are in pain, and who are searching. He who has ears, let him hear. Greetings and welcome to this week's Still Ripples Podcast. I'm Greg. And I'm Brian. Well, uh, we have reached the third video podcast in our uh, series on how Jesus, or what the Bible tells us uh, about sin, how Jesus approached sin. We're going to continue in how Jesus approached sin a little bit uh, with this podcast, and we're going to get into some hot-button topics. Uh, It does come with this disclaimer. We will be honest yeah. um, you might be offended you might be upset you might be hurt we're not trying to run people off we are strictly going to be saying what the Bible teaches us about
1: certain topics Oh yeah I mean this is what this is all about you wanna know what the scripture says that's mm-hmm. what we're gonna cover honestly yeah so uh, you know they say that the Bible is
0: as a two-edged sword it cuts both ways so you know search your heart and know what God says is to yeah. be true so, uh, continuing on a little bit, um, about, uh, Jesus and sin, um, you had...
1: All right, let's, uh, let's see exactly... All right, well, in our previous podcast, we, we covered, you know, Jesus' reaction to the common man, we covered mm-hmm. Jesus' reaction to the religious leader and everything, and uh, the rich young ruler, all that. Let's see, uh what exactly did he say in reference to like like, let's break it down let's show a poor reaction to sin Mm -hmm. and let's show the proper reaction (coughs) alright we can see a poor reaction to sin or or we can see people misquote this Uh, let's start with Matthew 7 1 and let's see what it says it says do not judge so that you will not be judged (coughs) well some people think that the word judge there means that I can't say anything to anyone on any particular subject that is contrary to what they believe. That is very true. I mean, that is one of the most
0: misquoted scriptures that you will come across simply because a lot of people believe that that gives them the green card or the go-ahead to um, literally do whatever they want without fear of consequence because if anybody says anything to you, Brian, you shouldn't do that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Who are you to say that, Greg? I'm judging. I'm sorry. That's I, I'm, I'm wrong. I'm yeah. the one that's wrong because, you know, the Bible says judge not lest you be judged. So, yeah.
1: But the fact <clears throat> is, like we said, it's a heavily, heavily misquoted scripture. So what exactly does the word judge mean? Well, the word there, the Greek word there is krino, mm-hmm. which means condemnation. Whenever I'm telling you something that you're doing wrong, when I say, Greg, dude, uh, what you said the other day that, that was wrong, You know, you do so in a loving manner. Uh, That is not condemning. Mm -hmm. Condemning would mean for me to say something like, you know, Greg, what you did, I mean, dude, you're going to hell, man. That is wrong. You are so evil in that manner. Mm -hmm. That's condemning.
0: You know, it's just as simple as if you're building something and someone tells you you've put the wrong piece in the wrong place. You're not saying that you've completely ruined the entire thing. It's not destroyed. Just remove that one piece and then you can pick right back up essentially where you left off versus saying you've screwed the entire thing up. There's no way that you can repair this. It's horrible. It's awful because you did what you just did. It's gone. And that's not what, that's what it's saying not to do. And that's something that you see a lot in today's, uh, especially in heavy legalistic groups. It's if you do one thing wrong, they jump on you and they harp it and they harp it and they go just ninety to nothing. That's the kind of stuff that Christ tells us to stay away from, to not judge
1: in this manner. So, and re- uh, aside from just defining the word, what other justification does Scripture give in reference to that? Well, you can also look where it says where, uh, where it talks about remove the beam from your own eye. Mm-hmm. You know, it says, well, you know, how are you expected to see? You know, you should remove the beam from your own eye. But the rest of that verse states, you know, remove the beam from your own eye so then you can see clearly to remove the speck from your neighbor's eye or to assist him in removing the speck from his eye. So there is actually a justification there. There's clarification in Scripture that tells you, you know, examine yourself first. So that kind of gets into the uh, the proper reaction to sin there. And you see that in Matthew 7. 3-5, 3-5, could you look that up for us, Greg, please? Sure. But what you're going to see first is that you must examine yourself first before. Before. And you examine yourself and you have compassion when confronting someone with their sin. Uh, Matthew 7, 3-5 says, Why do
0: you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is a log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to
1: take the speck out of your brother's eye. Exactly. So what we see here is examining the self, and then once you have made a, you know, clarification in your own life you know you're like okay I need, I need to get this out of my own life because whatever you do and there's something in your life you're a hypocrite mmm you've got to take that out so so that your brother will go okay here's someone that's coming to me earnestly they've examined their own life they've 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 done what they're doing to me now or or what they're trying to ex- assist me with okay okay mm-hmm. so whenever someone comes to me and they are saying, look man there's something in your life that, that, that is coming between you and God. And I'm like, oh, you're, you're right. And then they assist you with it. Mm-hmm. That's what it's saying. you know. Come with compassion and then confront compassionately. Mm-hmm. And one of the,
0: the interesting things that you can see is how somebody will take that. If somebody comes to you and says, you know, this is in your life. And, you know, for whatever reason, let's say, for example, that you have a sin that you struggle with. Through Christ's help, you get beyond that sin, and you're no longer living in that sin. And you see your fellow man, your fellow brother in Christ, or anybody struggling with that sin. And you go to them and you offer them the hope and say, You know what? There's hope there. What you're doing is wrong. You know, there are certain things that the Bible speaks about that we don't even know are right or wrong. Because a lot of times we don't even read the Scripture. But when you read the Scripture and you examine it, and you say, you know what, this is a sin. This is not what we're supposed to be doing.
1: Exactly. And I I love how you pull Scripture in there, Greg, because Mm -hmm. that shows right there that we cannot walk this life without some sort of instruction. Right. We've got to have it. There is nothing that you can glean in life and go, well, this is right and this is wrong perfectly every time. Mm -hmm. No, it doesn't work that way. I mean, you may get it right every now and then, Mm -hmm. but the thing about it is... The scripture is a structure; it is a guide, but it is more than just a moral guide. It's God's holy word. Yeah,
0: and you know the people that you bring this to, they may get upset; they may get their feathers ruffled because, again, as we've mentioned in the previous uh, two podcasts, in this, when you shine the light of God's word onto sin, onto the the darkness, to the filth. It can agitate people. It can get under the skin. And that's why we call these hot-button topics because when you mention it, people will get worked up over it. Yeah, they already get defensive. They get defensive. Even with the mere mention of a topic, people can be set on edge. Because in their mind, they instantly go, okay, this is where I am. Obviously, if they're bringing this up, I've got to get on the defensive because they're going to come at me with a
1: way that's not my way. Well, they're taking a, a the sin, mm-hmm. if you will, and they're owning it completely as if it is a part of their character and who they are. Mm-hmm. And the reality of it is, is you cannot do that. And whenever you confront someone, it's not about putting the person down. Mm-hmm. You've got to separate the sin from the person and you've got to help them see this is wrong, but at the same time, you edify them, you lift them up, and you say, look, man, though this is what's in your life, I am here regardless. I'm not leaving you. Mm-hmm. I'm here to help you. And I think you made a very
0: good point there. Sin in and of itself is in your life. It is not your life. There are people that, as you said, they, they take the sin, they nurture the sin, they raise the sin, and that becomes who they are. Yeah. Um, whether it be uh, a choice or a lifestyle they choose, it's all about choice you can choose to accept the sin and hang on to it or you can choose to turn your back on it and actually
1: go against it well it's like in reference to any sort of addiction Mm -hmm. I mean is this person a cocaine addict is this person a drunk they're a person first Mm -hmm. and they've had something enter their life and completely just invade their life and you've got to help them see hey this is an invasion on who you are Mm -hmm. And we've got to help you get this out. Yeah. Well, it's a total loss
0: of control because of a choice you made. You gave up control to whatever it is that's going to rule over your life. Mm-hmm. Now, Christ wants to rule over our lives in love, compassion, and yeah, from an outside perspective, it looks constrictive, but it's not. Rules and guidelines are set in place to protect us, to help us grow, to help us. Uh, Interact with one another on a level that brings true peace, true harmony, true love. The world has a lot of fake alternatives to what the Bible gives us. You know, there are religious beliefs that if you're a good person, well, you know, God calls us to be good people, to follow Him, and to put others first. There are groups out there that say, well, you know, you know get out there and do at least five hours of community service every week that way you know you meet your quota of goodness to get to heaven or wherever but the fact is the Bible calls us to die every day to ourselves and put others first to help our fellow man and that's in a lot of ways when you see the early church after Christ's ascension the early church came together and helped one another they became one giant unit and the Bible tells us that thousands and multiple numbers were brought into their fold every day and that's that's where the early church was and then fast forward to our current church you know in a lot of the United States churches numbers are dwindling they're trying to find well, what's the new thing that we can do um, maybe we should do this maybe we should do that Um, We've we've got to come up with something. We're trying to reinvent the wheel and we're trying to find what we have to do. That's selfish. It's not about us. It's about God. It's about what He is going to do. When we step out of the way and let Him take control and take charge, things start happening.
1: So, if there's anybody out there that knows the scripture a little bit, they'll say, "Whoa, "Whoa, guys, what about Luke 637? I mean, what what does it mean there? Well, let's look at it for a minute. Luke Luke 6.37 and it says, Stop judging and you will not be judged. Stop condemning and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. So let's say, wait a second. This particular book of the Bible, this particular chapter and verse, they use both the words judge and condemn. So wait, you can't judge and you can't condemn then. Mm -hmm. Well, let's examine these. The word here used for judge it again is crino, mm-hmm. but see the word crino can also mean to judge one thing as superior to another. Well, wait a second. So not only can we not, you know, condemn someone to hell, but wait, we we cannot tell someone else, well you hey Greg, you're superior to Craig over there. You know, hey Greg, you're you're better than this guy over there. You can't do that. That's that's what the scripture's saying. The word actually here for condemn, and pardon me if I uh, butcher this a little bit, it is kataditskazo, which literally means to pass sentence upon. So right there, looking at the words, looking at the original language of Scripture, we can see that on one side you're not supposed to judge an individual better Mm -hmm. than another one, and on the other side you're not supposed to condemn someone, basically place a sentence upon them. Mm -hmm. So again it goes back it goes back to
0: a comparison you know that's one of the things that we we tend to try to do is well you know this one's better than this one so this is the one that we should really use as our mascot as our 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 forerunner you know God already sent a mascot a forerunner so to speak and that was Jesus Christ an example of how we should live our lives so for us to say well, you know, as Brian pointed out, Brian, you've you've really got this down great. You're so much better than this group over here. So, you know what? We're going to boost you up in that. But then again, we're also not supposed to turn around and say, you know, Brian, because of this sin, you're going to hell. You have made the wrong choice and now that's it. You know, there's so much that the Bible tells us that we we've got to start getting back to the
1: basics of, yeah and you know? start getting back to Scripture and actually reading it and yeah, actually yeah. learning to understand it.
0: Yeah, and that's uh, one of the big things we've mentioned in one of the recent, uh, earlier podcasts. You know, misinterpretation of certain scriptures. You know, if you're not digging into the Word, if you're not getting deeper than just the uh, okay, wow, I've read the Scripture. That's good. You know, in a little bit of commentary as a spice. There we go. Now, this is a love letter to us from our Heavenly Father. Okay? There's going to be people out there that will come against this book. They've been doing it for years upon years upon years. But the foundations found in the Bible have stood the test of time.
1: Yeah. I mean, as it says, every time that someone has come to declare God dead, he's always risen to outlive live as pallbearers mm-hmm. so yeah I mean the scriptures gonna stand the test of time it already has and so
0: you know one of the biggest things that we're doing is we're calling any and everybody who's willing to listen to get back to the scripture what does the Bible tell us if the Bible tells us how to address something why not take that why not let that be our guiding light we may be the minority or appear to be the minority because that's what the world would have us to believe is what we're doing is ineffective what we're doing means nothing but the fact is everything that we do for Christ in his name that we are called to do by him has meaning it has value whether it be standing on a street corner witnessing to somebody or doing a podcast who knows God has a a plan that's bigger. Exactly.
1: So now, moving on, we're going to get into uh, starting this week. We're going to get begin in some hot button, you know, contemporary issues, Mm -hmm. which actually are not really that contemporary. They've been around a long time. Some of them have, anyway. Uh, So the first topic that we're going to address, and what Scripture says, and we will read out of Scripture to show you, it is uh, the topic of homosexuality. Yeah. Um. This right
0: here is an insanely big, hot, 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 hot button topic from Proposition 8 in California to uh, the votes (coughs) over in France to um, literally just the very mention of it at a church will get you blacklisted from many different locations. It's a very, 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 very touchy subject. And again, like Brian said, we're going to look at Scripture. We're going to look at what the Bible tells us. Yeah. We're not here to condemn. We're here to just shine light with what
1: the Scripture tells us. Yeah. And we're not going to appeal to popularity or anything. We're going to, as Greg is saying, we're going to read out of the Scripture and tell you. Uh, and let it tell us what it mm-hmm. says. So in the Old Testament, just start us off. In the Old Testament, we can see that uh, this particular topic or this particular uh, issue is addressed as a sin mm-hmm. we see that uh, starting in Leviticus 1822 and also in 2013 it is prohibited by the law by the law given to the Jews the law of Moses we can see that it is unequivocally, unequivocally yeah. condemned sorry about that yeah. It has actually been referred to as an abomination Mm-hmm. There are several sins that are actually called abominations, and uh, killing is one of them and everything. But the reality of it is, is, there is no sort of scale. There's no sort of, uh, you know, this sin is greater than that sin. No, that is what man does. Mm-hmm. But we can see in Scripture, the reason why that, it is pl- that the word abomination is used in there is God is telling us that it is not small. That mm-hmm. no sin is small. That every sin is wrong. Mm-hmm and something that uh,
0: I do want to point out and we've actually discussed this in and of itself uh, the temptation of homosexuality is not the sin it's giving into that temptation, it's entertaining that temptation, dwelling on it see that's one of the biggest things that's out there you know there are people that struggle with that temptation with these feelings they struggle with it and that's one
1: of the big, big uh, notes that needs to be put out there is it's a struggle. And and, there, and that was really good to draw a distinction between that because we got to remember Christ himself was tempted. Mm-hmm. But temptation of sin is not sin. It is acting upon it or as you said, entertaining that notion. Mm-hmm. For, for any sexual sin, entertaining the notion is called lust. Mm-hmm. Whether it is lusting for a man or lusting for a woman. It doesn't matter. It's lust. And actually committing the sin, of course, is the act. Mm-hmm. So you have two versions, or two two parts of the sin. You have entertaining the thought, lust, which is sin. And you have to, you have the actual committing of the act, adultery, which is the sin. And that is also not to draw a distinction, though, because uh, some people in reference to homosexuality say, well, can it line up? With uh, the regular couple, like like you know, in reference to marriage or whatever. And no, it it isn't the same in reference to adultery. The reality of it is, is homosexuality is wrong universally. Mm-hmm. There is no well, if they get married and they commit the act, is that okay? No, it's still sin. And we're going to show you how here in scripture. Uh, Leviticus eighteen twenty
0: two says, "You shall not lie with a male, as with a woman. It is an abomination." And you shall not lie with an animal, and so make yourself unclean with it. Neither shall any woman give herself to an animal to lie with it. It is perversion.
1: Yeah. So one thing that is to be said, though, is in this chapter a lot of uh, a lot of sexual mor- sexual immorality is is mentioned, but this mentioning here is not a highlight that this is the worst sin. No, they're all equal. Mm-hmm. They're all sin. Yeah, and as
0: we, we made mention in the previous podcast, and Brian's touched on it a good number of times, all sin is equal in God's eyes. There is no sin worse than another sin. We're the ones who try to put levels and gauges on sin. and something that to kind of touch on what Brian mentioned earlier you know the Bible tells us that Jesus says that if you look upon a woman and entertain the thoughts you've committed adultery you've committed the sin in your heart so that also solidifies the idea of if you entertain the sin it's not a sin to look at a woman and say oh she looks I gotta and turn away you can acknowledge that someone's beautiful you can but when you oh yeah it's when you start leering Ah, and you keep entertaining and your mind the mind is a very powerful tool it is very powerful god designed it that way that we can think we can have choice the fact is we can also use that in impure ways we can entertain thoughts you can see something and imagine deeper and deeper than just at a glance. Okay,
1: Greg, uh, if you would, uh, could you look up Romans 1, 24 through 27? And while he's doing that, I'm going to bring up another verse. Some people think that, well, Leviticus 18.22 or Leviticus in general is the only book of the Bible that actually covers that topic. No, it's not. It's actually mentioned in Genesis and Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm -hmm. It is referred to as Immoral Acts. Also, it's mentioned in Ezekiel 16.43, and I'm going to read that one for you here. It says, Because you did not remember the days of your youth, but enraged me with all these things, I am bringing down your ways upon your head, oracle of the Lord God. Have you not added depravity to your other uh, abominations? Some translations say uh, uh, lewdness. The word there, and, and this is to actually show you that what it's talking about is drawing the distinction there. It's specifically saying that depravity means it means homosexuality is what it's talking about. The word there is zimna, or zima, which literally means shamelessness in relation to sex, uh, to sexual behavior, and it's specifically talking about the homosexual act. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what you can draw in reference to the laws once again is because some people say well maybe you're just talking about the homosexual act outside of marriage i.e. lust or whatever or within marriage and committing the act with someone else other than your spouse. No, the law condemns all uh, homosexual homosexual sex and does not distinguish between perverted or what some would call wholesome. No, it's all wrong. Mm -hmm. Not to mention
0: when you look back at the beginning I know this is it's it's a cliche saying but in the beginning God created Adam and Eve and the Bible tells us that a man will leave his mother and father and cleave unto his wife yeah it made very two distinctions there number one uh, father and mother okay again male and female to cleave unto his wife It doesn't, and then to look at the Levitical law and have it bring this up, a lot of the pagans of this time were giving in to these acts. They were were doing this. So as the Levitical law was given, it was to separate these people from the rest of the world, from the heathens, Mm -hmm. from those living sinful lives, living in depravity and immorality. Um, It was also there to protect them, to to keep them pure.
1: So, uh, you know, just to let you know, uh, if you don't know Scripture as, uh, that well, Greg was actually quoting Paul, and some people will say, well, you know, that's Paul. Let's push Paul to the side, and let's ignore Paul. But let me just uh, give you a little insight here. Paul was actually quoting Jesus, when, mm-hmm. and Jesus was actually the one who said, you know, that's why a man will leave his mother and father and cleave to his wife. Jesus mm-hmm. actually said that. Um, So Romans chapter
0: 1, verse 24. um, Therefore, God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. Amen.
1: So Paul is actually making an appeal to the natural order of things. We're not mm-hmm. talking about natural in reference to, well, you know, let's, let's examine nature and stuff like that. You no, know, there, sin entered into nature as well. But Paul is appearing, uh, he's appealing to God's original design as addressed in the book of Genesis. Mm-hmm. And one thing of
0: note, you know, uh, there are those who argue the fact, well, what about love? Isn't the Bible all about love? It is, but there are rules and guidelines set forth in the Scripture. Brotherly love is agape love—to love a brother. People actually—it's a, a selfless love. Selfless love. I apologize. My bad. Um, it's a selfless love to love one another. And our society today believes that if you love something, you have to lust for something. Yeah that we've we've polluted what true love means exactly right its we believe again that if you act a certain way this equals you because of a plus B has to always equal C there's no way that you can do this and this and not be that or this and that and not be this we write ourselves into a corner when we try to do that God's design is limitless god is 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 amazing in what he's done but because of our the society we live in we're so analytical we're always wanting to get one step ahead trying to guess every little thing and we wind up pushing people away and ultimately leaving them to their own devices whatever that might be instead of giving them the truth instead of showing them this is what scripture tells us.
1: Yeah. And the interesting thing about uh, agape love, uh, while we're on the subject, is that is not a love that we can obtain ourselves. We have to rely on God. That is how mm-hmm. God loves us, and in order to love that way, we have to have God in us. Yeah. Let's look at uh, 1 Corinthians, once again, Paul. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. It says, Do you not know that the unjust will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idlers, nor adulterers, nor boy prostitutes, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor robbers will inherit the kingdom of God. That is what some of you used to be. Please, 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 if you're going to listen to any verse, listen to this one right here, uh, verse 11. That is what some of you used to be, but now you have had yourselves washed, you are sanctified, you you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and the Spirit of our God. Right there, Paul is acknowledging all of these sins were committed by those who were previously not followers of Christ. And that's uh, one big thing that uh, really
0: we do struggle with a lot of times in America is we believe once one way always one way. Paul's pointing out that you used to be this, this used to be your lifestyle. Does that mean that your the temptation is gone? No. The temptation will be there. It will always be there. You can talk to alcoholics. Some days are better than others. But the fact is they made a choice to go against the addiction, whatever it may be, to fight the temptation. You don't have to live in your sin. As we mentioned, sin is something that you choose, something you take on. Temptations are all around us, they're everywhere. From the TV, to billboards, to music, to everything. It's all around us. But it's up to us to choose whether we accept these temptations,
1: we entertain it, or we just simply push it away, or you know, call upon God for help. Or call I mean, upon God for help, exactly. That's, I mean, what did Christ use whenever he was tempted? He used Scripture, mm-hmm. and you know,
0: God is our ultimate ally in all of this. We have prayer, and prayer works. Sometimes it doesn't work the way that we think it should, but the fact is God has us in the palm of his hand
1: and he will protect us. We
0: just have to ask. You
1: know, uh, to further clarify the, the you know, uh, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11, two words are actually used there to, to show you that this is actually the sin that Paul is referring to uh, near the end there. There's one Greek word, malikos, which is used, which means soft one, and also arsonchoites, if I get that right, arsonchoites, which means one who has coitus with a man, which that means the sexual act. And to make it clear, Paul was not talking about sexual inclination or some sort of sexual orientation, but he's actually talking about the act, the physical act of having sex with another man. Mm -hmm. And, you know
0: again this is a touchy subject it's something that I'm sure we're going to get a lot of flack for but the fact is this is what the scripture is telling us this is what the Bible has written in it now there are certain homosexual groups that try to use the scripture to say no no, no it's okay it's okay but we've given you these scriptures to show you that more often than not, it's saying not to give in to these sins, not to give in to these oh, temptations. Always. Always always.
1: <laughs> yeah. But um I mean there there you can't make an appeal to a popular demand. You mm-hmm. can't say, well, this is a popular issue and people are on this side of it as opposed to this side that makes it right. No. Mm-hmm. You know, the old saying might does not make right. Mm-hmm. Also, um, Just because, yes, I mean, the Scripture is telling us to love each other, but loving the person, as Greg and I said, loving Mm -hmm. the person does not mean that you also love the actions that they're doing. Yeah, and that's
0: uh, something that uh, that we as a nation have based a lot of stuff off of, and I know that's using that in a general sense. There are those out there who understand what we're teaching and what the Bible tells us that you love the individual you help the individual and help them get out of their sin maybe it's because you once were in that sin or maybe you've experienced it and you've seen what that does as we've been talking with Job you know Job's struggle and what he did gives us hope shows us so many different things Um, when it comes to these kind of topics as Christians we can't be silent we have to let our yeses be yeses and our noes be no. Do you stand on the scripture, the the solid rock, the foundation of our faith or don't you?
1: Cuz I mean the reality of it is is any topic that you waver on in reference to you know opposite of what scripture says, then your whole belief is called into question mm-hmm. and
0: you're not reliable. It's not necessarily an easy thing, but Christ never told us that it would be easy. He said, what they do to me, they're going to do worse to you. Telling this to his disciples, his closest followers. We live in an age that, again, there's a ton of gray area. And there's gotten to a point that there's so much gray that to be black or white is unacceptable. They want to stay in this area. We did a podcast over political correctness. Mm -hmm. You cannot be definition politically correct and a Christian because you have to stand for one thing, and that's the Bible, for what the words in there tell us. Stand up for God. Now, again, we're not doing this podcast to threaten, intimidate, attack or berate. We're doing this to point out what Scripture shows us. When Christ interacted with people, he did so out of love. And that's really what we're doing. This is what Scripture tells us. We love you guys. Whether you're struggling with this sin or maybe one other sin or a few other sins, who knows? We're gonna be addressing a good number more. Um mm-hmm. However many God lays on our heart, they're going to be touchy subjects, things that make people uncomfortable, things that flare up arguments and, and, and all kinds of bitter feelings. But we're called to love one another. We've got to put our feelings aside and just love one another.
1: Well, I mean, there, there's gonna be, there are those out there that, that struggle in their sexual identity, and mm-hmm. that's that's a big part of who you are. I mean, they, they struggle, and they don't know what to make of it, and they're being told one thing about their lifestyle, and they're being told another thing. On one side is hatred, on the other side is hatred, and they really don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And we just want you to know that we're going to pray for you right now. We will. If you guys would, join us in prayer.
0: The most gracious and holy Father, Lord God, we just come to you uh, lifting up any and every person, Lord God, that's struggling with the temptations or even with the sin of homosexuality, Lord, God, we we lift them up. And those who are stuck in the middle of all this who just don't know which way to turn, Lord, that they just see anger from all different directions, God. I pray that they would just look up to you and that they would see your love and your kindness and your embrace God and I pray that you would just heal this nation that you would uh, reach down and lay your hands upon each and every person God I pray that you would be with this community that uh, that's being built by your hand God I pray that uh, we could reach out on, as as you allow us to sh- just share your love God and I pray that all those who hear this will hear your love your compassion through us God Lord please draw us closer to you as 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 believers as a community as a family God I pray that uh, you would also be with those who are sick who are hurting God I just pray that your comforts be upon them that you would lift them up God and Lord, anyone who doesn't know You as a personal Lord and Savior, God, I pray that they would they would make that choice to follow You before it's everlasting too late, God. I pray that, that the focus on Your love would be the draw to You that they need, God. Lord, thank You so much for everything You've done for us and all the many blessings You have for us. In Your holy name we pray.
1: Amen. Well, if you're still with us, we uh, would like to invite you to enjoy uh, other episodes that we have, other discussions that Greg and I uh, have on uh, various topics in Scripture. Uh, there are many ways you can reach us. For instance, you can go to our website at www.stillripples.org. Um. We also have a Facebook page and, and many other ways you can uh, comment or reach us on there. We do Google+. We also have a phone number. Which we use, which is one eight one six nine Ripple. That's R I P P L E. Feel free to leave
0: a comment, uh, prayer request, anything like this. Again, hot button topic. Feel free to leave comments down below. Uh, messages Twitter, Facebook. Stipulation still stands. Be uh, tasteful. Um, be respectful. Um, if you do choose to go to the extreme, please message us. Make it a private message. It's not something that we want uh, thrown everywhere. Uh, yeah, it, those are probably going to be the only one messages, if they're very obscene, that we will block um, or we'll retype cleaning up obscenities, things like that. Just just a disclaimer, because we are a Christian podcast. We want to try to keep it um, Christian. So, uh, Love you guys. God bless. Take care. And uh, tune in next week. See you later.